0: Welcome everybody, this is John Robinson, host of the Our Ability podcast, number two. Uh, We are excited to present this podcast here on disability and related issues. Uh, Our goal and and dream with this ultimately is to get information out to the general public. Most of what we talk about is employment, education, and opportunity uh, around individuals with disabilities, and we're excited to do that. In New York State alone, there are 1.1 million New Yorkers upstate with disabilities of working age, 16 to 64. And as a lot of us know, in the United States, there are nearly 50 million individuals with disabilities. A disability as defined by the, by the federal government is uh, dramatically, something that dramatically impacts one aspect of your life. And so there's a lot we can talk about. Uh, last, the fir- first episode, our last episode, we talked to my son, Owen, about being a child of a person with a disability and how that's different. And Owen's had good perspective on on what we're doing. And then at the suggestion of my wife, a, a school nurse at uh, in the Shaker School System, in the Colony New York School System, um, we've, we've talked a lot over the years about parenting children with disabilities. And, and Andrea is a registered nurse in a special ed classroom. And so It's a good idea, and so I wanted to talk about being a parent. I can't talk to my parents about this right now because they both have passed away, but they certainly would have some perspective. So I'm excited to do that. Just before uh, I introduce you to our our interviewee, um, I'm going to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by Price Chopper Market 32 and by Lowe's Home Improvement. Both organizations have hired individuals with disabilities uh, made it part of their pledge and have supported our ability in the years past, and so we're we're really excited to work with Lowe's Home Improvement and Price Chopper Market Thirty Two. Uh, I want to introduce you to Kathy Disenzo. Uh, Kathy and I had the opportunity to speak recently, and was introduced, as I said, by by Andrea. And uh, Kathy, welcome to the our Ability podcast.
1: Well, thank you for having me on.
0: <laughs> um, so, Kathy, we, I want there's a bunch of things I want to talk to you about being a, a parent of a child with a disability. But first, tell us who you are. Uh, tell us about your family, and then ultimately tell us about Cassia. Uh,
1: well, my name's Kathy Pizzanzo. I live in Latham, New York, in the North Colony School District. Uh, I have I've been married to my husband Greg for 15 years, but we've been together for 25. Uh, we have a 24 year old daughter, a 19 year old son. Cassia who's seven years old and a three almost four year old Ezio uh, little boy. Uh, we've been yeah. lifelong residents to the Capital District and we lucked out that we moved from Albany to North Colony because when Cassia was born it gave us the best opportunity to provide her with the amount of support that she requires.
0: So we'll talk about Cassia in a second, but the, that's a big spread in children's ages, if I'm not incorrect.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes, there's 11 years between my oldest son and Cassia.
0: And that presents interesting interesting scenarios, I assume?
1: Um. Yes. Yes, my older two weren't thrilled when they found out we were starting over again. But, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's nice to have, I guess, to have additional parents in the house sometimes. Yes. Uh, some sometimes appreciated, sometimes not, you know, their input,
0: but help
1: is there, I guess, when we need it.
0: We also have a big spread, as you know, and so uh, 30, 22, and, and 16, and a lot of cases, the 22-year-old was in charge of everybody, so um, we've always called her a parent in charge, not us, so we I completely yeah, well,
1: get middle it. child syndrome, yeah.
0: <laughs> So tell us about Cassia a little bit, and um i'm I'm excited about this because i've I've seen some photos and some video of Cassia, um, I think one that was just recently produced by Miss Viviano, her school teacher. Yes,
1: that was, um, that was a beautiful thing. <laughs>
0: tell us tell us about Cassia. Tell us about uh, TSC, please and and then we'll get into that video a little bit because it was it was great to see
1: okay. Um, Cassia is seven years old. Uh, she has tuber sclerosis, which Basically means she has a malfunctioning gene that does not prevent her body from growing non-cancer, well, typically non-cancerous tumors in pretty much any organ in her body. So she has. They refuse to count the number of growths she has in her brain because there are so many. So it's very difficult for them to get a, a full count on that. Uh, she, when she was born, she had three or four. Uh, tumors in her heart. The largest one took up 80% of her left ventricle. Uh, she has growth in her kidneys. She has astrocytic hematomas, one in each eye, but they do not, as far as they can tell, do not affect her vision. Uh, the fact that she's nonverbal makes a lot of diagnostics very difficult, things that you would normally be able to ask somebody, can you see this or not? Um, she's quite significantly delayed in many areas, Um, we found out that she had the cardiac tumors when I was about 21 weeks pregnant. And I am, as she was not my first pregnancy, I am pretty confident that she was having seizures in the womb from at least 28 weeks until she was born. Wow. And shortly after birth, um, they did an EEG and found that she was having up to 250 seizures a day. Most of them we could not even see; they were not. They were subclinical seizures. So, the likelihood is a lot of the damage that may have been done was done in utero. Um, but her seizures to this day are still not well controlled, even though she's on four medications twice a day, including one that's a used in conjunction with chemotherapy that's used to uh, reduce the size of some of the tumors but they found that in doing so it also frequently helped with the epilepsy Uh, she had a uh, brain operation last year last summer to divide the hemispheres of her brain because she has so much activity going on when she has a seizure they cannot determine where the seizures are originating from unfortunately we found out this year that that operation did not help and them locating where the seizures are coming from. So we are looking into future operations to see if they can determine where they might be coming from and treat individual areas.
0: When we, uh, we talked about this a little bit before, before we got on, Mm -hmm. on the podcast, you know, there's always the the question, do you do a surgery or do you not? So explain that uh, very personal thought process, because there's, there is no roadmap with this, correct?
1: No, absolutely not. Um, I always said from the time she was born that, you know, the last thing I wanted to do was go digging around in her brain (laughs) because obviously that can be catastrophic if something goes wrong. Um, Up until pretty recently, the only thing they would do as far as a surgical procedure would be to remove a lobe of the brain that was, would be riddled with the tubers that they figured decided was causing the seizures. Um, in Cassia's case, she does not have any large clusters of tubers in her brain. Um, or the, the tumors. Yep. they, so that really would not be an option for her, even if they thought that that was a route to go. Um, we have basically failed enough medications that there aren't a lot more medicines she could try that would really do anything without knocking her out. I mean, she, they have, I have been told by doctors, not my favorite doctors, I can stop anyone from seizing, but they won't be conscious or have any quality of life. Obviously that is not what I want for my daughter. So we are not going to medicate her to that point. Um, We were offered, a BNS, which is a vagus nerve stimulator, which for a lot of people that epilepsy works very well. The issue with individuals with tuberous sclerosis is that frequently it doesn't work or it doesn't work for long. Um, It has to be turned all the way up to the highest setting, which makes battery life cut in half, which is another surgery, you know, in half the time someone else would need to have the battery pack replaced. And the likelihood is that it really wouldn't work longer than a year or so. And then we would have to be seeking out another surgery. So I have opted to not go down that path because once you have that done, MRIs that she requires annually would be very difficult to do um, to get a good picture of what's going on in her body and watch all of the tumors. So our next step was we had to do surgery or watch her suffer, and uh, when we decided to do surgery, she was having drop seizures where she was slamming face down onto things and bloodying up her face and her nose and everything else, and the doctor wanted, uh, was requesting that maybe she start wearing a helmet, which is not something she will tolerate, (laughs) so it was a helmet, or our other option was try to go to the root of the problem and seek out surgery.
0: So you, you, you mentioned she won't tolerate, uh, Kathy. She's, she's an individual. Cassie is a person.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And so how- and she has a lot of opinions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's my point. How, how much, right. uh, do you take, um, signals from her? How many signals do you take from her when you're deciding about what her, um, you know, what her, uh, diagnosis is or what your your path is or what her education is how much are you reading what she's what she's you know not verbally saying
1: well my my primary goal is for a positive quality of life for her um, she is generally a very happy young lady uh, she enjoys music she enjoys animals she enjoys going outdoors uh she Loves us most of the time, except medication time. But, you know, nobody likes to have to be forced to take medicines. Um, you know, so when she sees mom coming with the spoon of medicine, that's that's not her favorite thing. She will fight me, but eventually just goes, okay, I've been doing this all my life. Uh, I'll take it. But she has to put forth the effort of attempting to turn down the medication or fling the spoon out of my hand. She lets you know she, this is not what she wants to do, but realizes I'm not leaving until she takes it. So she finally concedes. Um, you know, everything we do or attempt to do for her is to enable her to live life to the fullest possible extent she can. Um, you know, we try to make adaptations to our home, any part of her environment, go places that we know she likes and she loves fish. we go to the aquarium in Rotterdam frequently because she can go and she can stick her hands in the koi pond and let them come and rub on her fingers and she loves that we play music and things that she enjoys just trying to make sure that she enjoys every aspect of her life. I mean you always want as a parent to make sure your kid is happy and healthy. I can only do so much on the healthy part. I can do all the research and Find all the doctors and make sure the doctors know what they're doing and stay on top of all of her health aspects. But she has a rare genetic disorder that there is no fixing. You know, I you can only basically manage the the symptoms and what occurs, and that's what we have to do. So everything, every other aspect of her life, we are trying to make sure that she's learning and growing and and enjoying it while she does it.
0: So she has a mischievous side too. Yesterday she hid your phone when I was trying to, trying to get you and I I've heard it maybe through the grapevine as well. Um, Tell us a little bit about, about her personally that way.
1: Oh yeah. Um, so her nickname given to her by many, many people is Sassia because she is full of it <laughs> um actually last week she broke my husband's brand new 65 inch tv by throwing a dog toy at it so i heard um, something
0: about this this throwing the dog toy <laughs>
1: yeah she was, she was a little unhappy and i mean she likes to throw things anyway just because she knows to get to rise out of everyone you know going <gasps> what are you gonna break um and she kind of Looked at me, smiled, and before I could get up to grab it from her, it flew (laughs) through the air and the TV. Um, But that's very much what she does. Um, She is low-tone and hyper-flexible and is able to um, pop her hip, which sounds horrible, but she discovered that um, it makes people cringe, so Mm. she will just sit next to you and pop her hip or knee next to you just to make you go, please stop Um, and smile about it. And she'll watch your face when she's getting ready to do it to make sure that she's going to get a reaction out of you. And she does that when she slaps the fish tank, she'll look over at you, wait, create a look. And when you look at her and say, please don't do that. That's when she slaps the the fish tank and (laughs) grinds her teeth. and, And she knows what, will get a rise out of someone and totally, totally uses that. I mean, it's, it's hilarious that she, cause you see it in her eyes, you could see the mischief and she's like, Ooh, I'm just going to annoy you right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that, so. She does
1: it, I mean, I love it because that, that's a, a seven year old would do, any seven year old would do that. Like, okay, whose buttons can I push today? And she does it. That that's is, great.
0: that is a really important point that any seven-year-old would do that. Um, and I, I have a friend that, uh, years ago, uh, their son was diagnosed, diagnosed with autism and, uh, we had a long conversation and I said, you know, one parent is going to be the one that sees that what, what quote unquote normal children do. And one parent's going to deal with the, the, the issues. And I said, that's what I've sort of seen over my years. And we have to see the normal part. And, and you know what, the, the, the sassia, as you say, is great Thank because you. there is, we have to remember, we are people, uh, no matter what our disability is, um, no matter what how it presents, there's still people here and we have value. So I, I love that story. As a parent, I don't think I'd love my 65-inch TV being broken, but I can, yep. I can completely see the scenario, and and, and that, is, that is great to share. Uh, you mentioned music. Uh, just quickly tell us a little bit about this little music video that uh, I say little, it's not, but about the music video that Miss Viviano, her teacher, did.
1: So, May is Tuber Sclerosis Awareness Month, and May 15th is T- Tuber Sclerosis Awareness or Global Awareness Day. And her fabulous teacher, Miss Viviano, um, put together this video of All the facts and pictures of Cassia and pictures of all of the staff from her classroom holding up different printed out colored posters supporting TSC and bringing awareness to it, and put it all to one of Cassia's favorite songs from one of her favorite movies. And it was absolutely beautiful and just so indicative of the love. And support and generosity that comes out of not only Mrs. Viviano but our class and school, and we are so fortunate that we are there because, you know, Cassia has this. It's rare; it's one in depending on the numbers, it's one in six to one in ten thousand births. Uh, someone is born with tuberous sclerosis. It is more common than ALS than fragile X syndrome, but far less talked about, heard about, known about. So to have um, people love her that much to make sure that they are bringing awareness at the very least to our community and the district that this is, you know, something that needs to be looked into and supported because there's all of these graduating seniors that unfortunately won't be going to graduation that may get to see this, that are go, Oh, I could go into science or, you know, the medical field and look into this as something that, you know, requires research. And in the last 20 years, they have made phenomenal jumps ahead in tuberous research that if Cassia was born 20 years ago, there would be a much different outcome for her than there currently is now. At three months old, she had she developed uh, infantile spasms, which are catastrophic to the brain and development. Um, and she had them. And within 10 days, we were on medication. That The only reason it took 10 days to get it was that it was recently accepted in this country by the FDA. So there was a lot of paperwork and stuff that had to be gone through for her to get this medicine but it stopped them within a day, which was a beautiful thing because many doctors don't know what they're looking for when they see this and they pass it off as reflux in a small infant. And then the children go on with this for months and months and months and the damage is irreversible.
0: But you knew something was different.
1: I knew to watch for it. Research was, my best friend and my worst enemy when I was pregnant and to this very day, (laughs) but it is knowledge is key. Even if you don't like what you're reading, it is better to be prepared for not necessarily be inevitable, but be prepared for the worst case scenario so that you can kind of staunch it off before it becomes something that you can't deal with.
0: Yeah. I know even in my own existence, my, I was my first and best, uh, healthcare decider. My parents were second. My, my occupational and physical therapists were third. Uh, maybe teachers were fourth and then doctors were fifth. Right. So the people that see you right. on a regular basis knew, knew the the best about you. Um, I, I, we are talking right now with, uh, with Kathy Desenzo, uh, parent of Cassia, uh, parent of a child with a disability. And so we're, we're proud to do that. Um, Kathy, I want to ask you a couple of quick questions as we, as we sort of wind up and, Um, You're, you're leaning into it a little bit um, about talking about uh, school and, and, and society. How important is inclusion for Cassia into a a regular classroom, a regular school or society? How important is inclusion to you as a parent?
1: Um, I I think it is vital not only to her, but to our entire society that this, happens on a much more regular basis than it does now. Cassia is extremely fortunate that in 2018 she, I've always been in North Colony School District, but she was put in Miss Viviano's class at Southgate. Uh, North Colony does not ship off their students to an out-of-district school. They have classes like Cassia's where it is an Academic skills class, but they, Cassio's class is considered a high medical need, but they have lunch in the cafeteria with all the other kids. They are included in, well, they, when they used to do Halloween parades, <laughs> they were included in that. Uh, they have multiple classes come in and do buddy projects with them. Uh, they, in, It's not only important for Cassia and her classmates to feel like part of the school family as a whole, but it is vitally important to expose children who might not be exposed to individuals with disabilities to realize that there are people with differences and that they are no less human or more of a person than anybody else, just because their ability to do things is different. It's done in a different way. There are some limitations, be it physical or otherwise, but that doesn't make them any less human. They shouldn't be stared at or ignored or, you know, overlooked. There, There's a beautiful person in there. There's a beautiful person in everybody. And other kids need to realize that. And this school does a beautiful job of making sure that no one is left out of the family community of their school
0: yeah you know as an outsider but obviously married to to somebody involved and i i i see people in special education from the state level from a federal level from other schools those that i've spoken to and i have to say north colony is done, doing a great job and i wish i could show off i know with hipaa you can't always do that i wish i could show off what how good it is because it really is a, a good program that others could emulate so uh, if you're in the education system out there and listening to us, you know, please be aware that there are there are ways to go about it that are working for parents and for children, and we should be cognizant Absolutely. of that. Uh, Kathy, I want to leave on this, um, and I asked you this yesterday when we when we prepped a little bit. Um, there are going to be parents out there that are going to have children with TSC, um, and you know, you can be a good wealth of advice to them. What what would you say to a to a parent that um, is going through this today?
1: Well, from my personal experience I would say first and foremost and I her first neurologist who originally was a developmental pediatrician said this to me and and this is vital. Your child is still your child. You treat them like any of your other children. You love them, you do whatever you can for them. And that is absolutely key. Second, research. Research everything. I have had to research Going back 10, 15 years, looking at research from other countries, but research because as knowledgeable as some doctors are, and a lot of them like to think they know everything, they don't. There are things they can overlook. There are things they could miss. There are things that it is okay to say, I saw this. Make sure it's in a medical journal. The you know, Just make sure you do research and find uh, social media support. They're the greatest group of people you never want to have to meet, but they make you feel like you are not alone. You know, you're not going through this by yourself. They might not all be in your town, but there are other people that are going through what you're going through. You can bounce information off of them, vent, get love and support, show off your kid, ask questions, and they are all there to love and help you.
0: Well, amen to that. And we certainly know that from our community. Um, Kathy, thank you very much for your, for your time and, and our best wishes and blessings to Cassia and the family. Um, we are, uh, proud to be talking about this. Our ability, uh, can always share further information on TSC or any special ed, uh, questions that anybody out there has. Our website is ourability.com. O-U-R-A-B-I-L-I-T-Y.com. And you can info me at or you can email me at infoourability.com. At Stay tuned, and uh, we'll be back with the next podcast for Our Ability. Thank you very much.